0: Hey, everybody. This is Neha Shingane, host of Building Our Vision. On this podcast, we talk to people in the ATD Atlanta network and analyze the monumental changes going on in the world. Together, we try to find ways to learn, grow and build our vision for the future. One issue that we've been keeping a close eye on is diversity, equity, and inclusion. And at ATD Atlanta, we are committed to helping our members figure out how to incorporate diversity, inclusion, and equity principles into their workplaces and figure out exactly what these principles mean in our ever-changing world. Uh, So to help us figure out these complex issues, today we have with us Tu Hong Nguyen, owner of the Acacia Company. Uh, Hey, Tu Hong. Hi. Hi, everyone. Hi. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so excited to talk to you. Um, yes,
1: thank you yeah, for
0: having me. Full disclosure, Hong and I knew each other back in college um, and we <laughs> went our separate ways for a while and then found each other through uh, LinkedIn and DEI basically. Um, and uh, yeah, I um, started a, I I joined one of her workshops, realized that she was doing great work. Um, and I'm so excited to talk to her more about what her work is today. Um, so, okay this season on building our vision, we're doing something new, um, instead of like getting into your background and, you know, talking about all of the, you know, your life story and everything. I just want to ask you some hard hitting questions that are going to get to like your very essence. Okay. (laughs) Um, what I want you to do is just answer like off the top of your head, you know, don't, don't think too much about it. Um, so my first question is what Harry Potter house would you be?
1: I would be a Hufflepuff with like Ravenclaw tendencies, but mostly Hufflepuff.
0: (laughs) Yes. Awesome. Um, Okay. If you could only have one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? Mm,
1: So I'm, I'm Vietnamese. And so Vietnamese food is at the top of the list. Vietnamese food has very good soups like any soup really like most people probably know pho but really any Vietnamese soup I could just eat that forever
0: oh my gosh you're so right I think yeah that's top 10 for sure (laughs) 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 okay and then my last question is what's the fastest you've ever driven your car
1: so I have a pretty old car, and that limits how fast I could go. <laughs> um, but the fastest I've driven it, I think I've reached like 90, 90 miles per hour. Um, for the for the international folks, it's like one hundred and forty five kilometers.
0: Yeah, that's, that's it. Not <laughs> <this>. <laughs> I don't know why I like that question so much. I feel like you know, it's like a, <laughs> it's like yeah. First of all, like how fast have you actually gone? And then second of all, is how much are you willing to admit to other people?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um, I've definitely gotten a speeding ticket. So yes,
0: (laughs) that's funny. (laughs) Um, okay, cool. So I feel like I know you, I feel like we're like family now. Um, (laughs) and so I want to talk to you a little bit about your company. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the Acacia company? Um, what do you do and who do you help?
1: Yes, yes. So I am one of three owners and co founders of the Acacia Company. Uh, We are a DEI integration and um, consulting and training firm. So that means we help organizations design and shape their diversity, equity, and inclusion strategies um, and just manage all of the changes and challenges that come with that.
0: That's incredible. Um, DEI has become a huge priority these days. Um, in the last year and a half or so, we've seen companies starting programs from the ground up, um, you know, putting a lot of money into DEI programs, which is amazing. It's it's great. It's good to see, you know, people kind of waking up and realizing, wow, we really need to figure this problem out. Um, and I'm really curious when clients come to you, what types of problems are they coming to you with?
1: Yes. Yes, we see a lot of organizations, and this is a good thing, but we see a lot of organizations struggle with how to really integrate DEI into their operations. So for a very long time, diversity, equity, inclusion was seen and for many companies still is seen as a thing on the side and not this active part of their decision-making, active part of their business strategy, really. Um, so, th- that's, a, that's a really big thing, and that's why we like to focus on saying that we help and consult organizations, integrate DEI, and make it part of their lifeblood as an organization. Um, maybe other smaller challenges that we see is, is specific to um, multinational challenges. We help organizations who have distributed offices, and sometimes it's hard to create a cohesive strategy that speaks to the differences in cultures, um, sometimes not even you know, internationally, even just within one country, having so many different um, cultures represented by different offices. And, yeah. and just in general, how, um, how challenging it is to move past the point where employees are simply learning about DEI and getting awareness and getting to this part where they feel ready to create structural change and address structural changes.
0: Yes. Yes. The, the structural piece is so hard because it is, it's like, you're changing the very DNA of your company and how it operates mm-hmm. and little decisions, you know, like a day-to-day decisions, like it's hard to change all of that. Um, and I, I guess, you know, I'm, I'm very curious as to, um, Yeah. What kinds of advice you give your clients and things like that. I mean, that's, it just sounds like an intense project, um, that you have to embark with, with, with all of your clients and stuff. Um, so, um, at like what point of the journey usually are you talking to your clients? Um, you know, are you trying to look at people that are at the beginning of their journey or like, you know, they've already implemented some things like, where are your clients usually?
1: Yes, yes. And you, you touched on a really important piece is that it, it's hard and it takes time to change an organization because you are making such big changes. So there's definitely stages and steps to do that in a way that's sustainable. Um, we like to help organizations really, our, our expertise is really in this this spot where organizations have done some DEI initiatives. Um, perhaps they've done things like launch some sort of company-wide training or have a employee-led group or committee. Um, Mm -hmm. And and I've just began that and are really, really hoping to formalize those efforts and take it to the next level so that they can scale DEI across the organization.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. So um, you just listed like employee resource groups or um, like what are some of the common initial programs that you see a lot of your clients implementing? Yes. Like what are yes. some of the first steps? Is that kind of mostly it? Like employee resource groups and maybe a training here and there?
1: Yes, that's how and this kind this comes historically from the industry where DEI was kind of seen as the thing um, that really helps, you know, companies avoid lawsuits. It, you know, it became more focused on policy and um, and then doing these trainings so that. So that people are aware of you know potential um, potential like harassment or issues or cases like that. And so, as the industry has evolved, it's gone into it's become this um, the early things that we see organizations take on are really focused on training, employee led efforts, and developing a vision similar to any initiative. Um, it's really important to start off with some sort of roadmap and action plan. And that comes from a collective vision, mission for DEI, goals, um, a strategy, KPIs, the things that are really, you know, um, not fluffy at all can also be applied and and um, applied to a DEI strategy.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I love the kind of like uh, analytical approach to it. Um KPIs and things like that. And we'll definitely kind of get into that a little bit later. Um, but what I want to know from you is like, um, in the past year and a half, or, you know, maybe some of the early efforts that you've seen, which are great. We love, we love to see a DEI program and initiative. Mm -hmm. Um, but I want to focus a little bit on like, where can we improve, um, on a lot of DEI issues. And I want to know from you, like, what are some of the issues maybe that you've seen, uh, with programs that clients have been implementing? You know, where do we need to course correct a little bit? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Definitely, there's, I think something we see often is when leaders rush into DEI initiatives without getting feedback and input from their staff or even the input of experts. It's hard to just go into an organization and, um, you know, just develop a mission and goals when really the the outcome is that the lives of marginalized employees become better and that their experience at the company become better and so direct and that requires listening to what are their pain points and challenges um, and incorporating them and having this bottom-up approach to developing your dei strategy so that one is a really big one um, another big one we see is is rushing into a diversity recruitment project. That's kind of the top of mind thing when people think about how to grow diversity, equity, inclusion. They think, well, I look out at my organization. It's not very representative. I need to hire people. And so and, and that's a great sentiment to have. But what we need to remember is that we have a responsibility when we recruit folks to ensure that they're set up for success in the organization. So that's why it's really important before conducting a diversity hiring project to ensure that you have inclusive and equitable systems internally in the organization and people are set up for success.
0: Yeah. Um, That's a really interesting concept of like, okay, you know, we were like, oh my gosh, we're not diverse enough. We got to recruit more diverse people. And, you know, that's a separate conversation about like, what does a diverse candidate and all that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff, but (laughs) okay, whatever. Let's, let's start recruiting people. Let's start recruiting diverse people. However we define that. Um, and then once they get there, you know, it's like, like, oh my gosh, the culture is not set up for diversity. Like it's not, um, equipped to deal with the challenges that do come with diversity it's not like all lollipops and roses like once you know it's you know it can be hard it can be challenging to have um to all of a sudden be in a new environment you know and like for a diverse candidate it's like wow i'm the only one here you know i've nobody it it can feel isolating and a little alienating um Mm -hmm. so yeah um are are there other kind of barriers to success like yeah what are some of the barriers that that people encounter when um when this when the priority is just recruitment and diver, you know diversity right. recruitment like what are some of the challenges and problems that clients face when when that happens
1: yeah definitely so i and it's important to remember that to see diversity, equity, and inclusion as three separate concepts with different strategies and and nuance on their own, and so if you're focusing on this diversity piece, just simply representation, I want to be able to when I, my organization has has diversity, um, and when I when I you know look at the demographics of my staff, that's one piece, um, and inclusion is is really this. Okay, do these different perspectives these these folks who come from different backgrounds feel belonging feel is this organization set up for their success. And equity is really focused on outcomes are we creating systems that allow people to even have the opportunities at the end of the day to see things like equitable pay, for example, this one is um, just one um, thing that you can measure and so that. To achieve that, to achieve inclusion and equity, it really takes examining your processes. Um, so, if we even if we just take hiring, for example, just within the hiring process, we have to think about you know, is there an interview selection process or criteria? clear have we removed bias from the interview process and how folks are selected? Um because if there is no clear criteria, then it's just up to the subjective discretion of the person across you know the call, your your interviewer. Um, And then when folks join the organization, are is performance evaluation management processes fair? Is it applied consistently to everyone? How do organizations ensure that it's applied consistently to everyone? Um, do po- folks even know what's expected of them? Do they have a job description um, before they're told, hey, you're not performing enough? So these things are things that organizations can do to to make sure that the outcomes of their employees are equitable. Um, And those are just a few examples. And those things might not sound specific to address any one group, right? But, and and like, for example, uh, we know that women on average are paid less than men and that gap becomes even more significant when we talk about women of color. Um, And so, you know, yes, this, efforts like a pay equity audit or examining your performance management system and and how compensation is tied to that that will help women and other minorities but it will also help everyone operate in a more fair and equitable system
0: that's unbiased that's awesome i feel like you dropped a bunch of great like nuggets on how you know some of the ways that we can think about um, universally making work more equitable and inclusive. And, um, and, and that's awesome. Um, yeah. I love to hear that. Yeah, no, that I'm like, I am just, I'm like still processing. <laughs> and if I can just add,
1: yeah, and if I please, can add just please. one thing about that, like, I think there's a misunderstanding that DEI efforts are, are, uh, investments to give a certain or particular group extra help and extra boost. And I think this is a huge misconception because the the, the metrics that DEI improves are things that any organization would, would like to have. So things like more innovation, more creativity, better retention, more positive employer perception. These are things that are positive for the organization overall. And DEI initiatives don't just affect one group. It's the, it's like the tide that lifts all boats. It helps everyone.
0: Yes. Um, uh, yeah, a great, a great thing to, to remember. And especially when we are talking about getting buy-in from people, like just saying that, Hey, this isn't just going to help like somebody else, you know, a lot of times it's like, Oh, this isn't for me or like, whatever, you know, it's like, um, this will help everybody kind of get buy-in. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, so I feel, so we talked a little bit about equity, equitable principles and things like that. What are some ways that team leaders can create in in, an inclusive environment for their team members? You know, sometimes that's a little bit harder to measure, um, and to kind of define, you know, um, like what does, uh, what does inclusion look like? What are some, you know, like, uh, like hard hitting kind of you know like uh a- actionable right. steps that people can take things yes
1: yeah definitely so um and, and you mentioned specifically team leaders i think team leaders and people managers have a really really unique position where they translate an organization's dei mission directly into the experience and the day-to-day responsibilities of employees and so they have the unique ability to create team environments um and and look at the touch points that an employee experiences and help to make those more inclusive so things like just simply examining your your team touch points Uh, if we just take that as an example your your meetings what are the norms of your meetings who's talking more and who's not talking enough and um do people feel comfortable to share um a huge thing about a a huge metric that is that is essential to productivity and employee engagement is psychological safety and people managers team managers can do a lot to build the psychological safety on their teams um, so that people are able to weather conflicts better to express new ideas and be creative and and know that their teammates you know won't reject them and those are things that Of course as we talked about everyone benefits from but when they're not there they disproportionately affect folks who are already marginalized and and that's why we see um, why people of color for example have to work twice as hard to get half as far so um and so doing things like um, examining your team touch points defining the culture you want to have and the be and talking about not just your values but the specific inclusive behaviors you wanna adapt. So um, you can make things really concrete by doing things like we're gonna talk about DEI in every team meeting for 10 minutes. We're going to, when we make a team decision, we'll say, let's look at this through an access and DEI lens. How is that gonna affect what we decide here? Um, Little things like that can start to shift DEI on on a team level. And um, yeah, I, I think organizations can do that, of course, on a more systemic and operational level. Um, and the yeah. idea is to really build build fluency and consciousness and competency for, for these topics.
0: Yeah. Um, earlier you were saying that um, a successful DEI strategy uh, has to be kind of a bottom-up approach um, where we're talking about employee Health, you know, we have to talk about everybody from the, bot, like, um, the whole range of, of the company. Um, but I want to talk a little bit, kind of get a little bit more into what is the responsibility of leaders in the organization. Um, is it, you know, why is it crucial for, uh, a successful DEI program to have some executive level of support?
1: yes yeah and and um i love this question because it kind of shows that employees like your individual contributors and your leadership can work hand in hand um because you need the input from staff you need to actually tap into the personal experiences of your employees but support from leadership is crucial to really make sure that dei programs scale and um executive sponsorship really helps push those initiatives forward across departments, um, across the organization, really helps to add that weight um, to why the EI is important. Simpl- and you can see that just simply by how a, a training can change if there's an executive in the training sitting next to you learning about inclusive language, for example, and, and demonstrating and showcasing that. So if that's already powerful, um, imagine when an executive says, okay, I think DEI should be part of our strategic pillar this year, a strategic focus area this year. And so that that's why the executive level sponsorship is so important.
0: That's awesome. Um, so when you talk to clients, like who are you usually talking to? Are you talking to the executive level people or like who is usually your point of contact in a company?
1: Yes, it it happens in different ways Um, we've had a mix so we've had it be very, very top down actually where the the President will reach out to us um, or an executive or like a vp HR. But we've also had interested employees reach out to us and say hey we've got some start we started some efforts and we'd like to learn how to formalize it Um, and. Get you know more more um, movement and engagement with our DEI programs. Usually, for for that, we we encourage them to still look for executive sponsorship because it can only go so far. You certainly employee groups can can do a lot to create what like amazing programming that helps build the culture of the organization, but to really address those systemic and structural changes, um, executive sponsorship is, is going to be necessary. Um, so there's a couple of avenues and ways in, um, but yes, eventually yeah. it does need to, we do need to see the leadership accountability um, and investment
0: because it is a systems level change. Like the whole company has to be involved. Like we talked about, yeah, like the, the very DNA of the company has to change. Um, Right. And
1: if we talk about like power and privilege, I mean, we can't ignore the fact that leaders simply have more organizational power. They, they have more scope in what they're able to implement. And so um, it, it helps to have, their investment, um, and their personal commitment.
0: Yeah. Oh man. Talking power and privilege would be a great podcast, uh, <laughs> uh like show that would be amazing. Yes. Yes.
1: <laughs> we actually have um, a training of that's titled that. Um, really? but yes, it's, yeah, it's, a uh, it's, um, I could
0: talk about it all day. <laughs> okay. Next episode. We gotta, we gotta get yes. into this. Um, <laughs> um, okay. So, so, somebody reaches out to you and they're like, Hey, we've started some DEI, um, initiatives, blah, blah, blah. We want to formalize it. What do you tell them? Like, what are the stages to you of implementing a DEI program? Like I want, yeah. Where do, where do people usually start? And then what's like the end goal of a good DEI program? Mm -hmm.
1: Yes. So we have a model for diversity, equity, and inclusion integration that we've seen really works for organizations. And it's four stages, um, all defined by the different types of activity and and have a different threshold to get from one stage to the next. So the first stage is building awareness. That's simply um, building the the skills and the um the competencies and and just general knowledge of your employee staff that can be defined by employee-led efforts like committees or employee resource groups Um, could also be these sort of large company-wide trainings. Um, but the idea is to just put stuff out there that starts to, um, get the attention of folks and, and starts the conversation for DEI in this organization and signals to people that we can talk about this and we want to talk about this.
0: Yeah. Um, that's kind of like the marketing kind of thing where you like. We're like, yeah, we're we're DEI for focused. Sometimes I feel like people can get into the trap of like putting a rainbow on something or putting a black yes. square up or whatever. Yeah.
1: Yes. And it doesn't it absolutely, it doesn't stop there. That's just yeah. like the first stage. Step <laughs> one. Step yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> and so the second stage is gaining momentum. And so what you want to do for to get to the next stage is you really want to start to demonstrate success. Um, so your initiatives should be well run. You know, should drive participation and should have you know participant satisfaction. Should people should enjoy it and also um, continue coming. Um, And it doesn't have to be necessarily quantitative metrics that you're at that beginning stage when you're building awareness, it could also just be collecting positive you know qualitative data so positive statements about how these conversations impacted folks you know, helping people feel seen in the organization. Um, And and. Like you said, this is just the first stage. It's important to kind of build to, to kind of address it um,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: build awareness in the beginning
0: mm-hmm. before
1: you go to the next stage, which is gaining momentum, as we call it. And what that essentially means to us is now it's time to formalize and add structure. So start to think about this is where the stage where DEI should be integrated into your values, your mission, your your um, Strategic goals and pillars, and you should start thinking about how to how to create processes that are um, consistent and and can be stood up um, and and allow everyone to participate in. So, if you have an employee resource group, for example, adding some more structure in there. Um, adding roles and responsibilities, creating different chairs, for example, maybe multiple employee resource groups for the, for the leadership team. That's, as I mentioned, incorporating DEI into your values, mission, um, and goals Mm -hmm. and, and yeah, really creating that structure at this stage. It's also very important to start to invest in long-term projects like a DEI, learning and development plan, um, a specific middle manager or people manager boot camp or a program for them to learn about DEI so they're able to translate it to their team because they're going to be a a very important bridge um, moving forward.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And the third stage is we call it structural transformation. So that's when, um, you know, you started to stand things up, things are formal, um, but now it's time to examine and really apply this like anti-oppression lens to your, your processes and think about, okay, now it's not just about putting more processes and systems out there and starting initiatives and programs, but really looking at pulling the curtain behind the way we operate and making some of those structural changes structural changes that I mentioned earlier. So examining your people processes, your hiring, your promotion, your mobility um, processes, um, and, you know, your marketing plan, your supply chain, like the, this is where it's time to remove discrimination and bias from your processes and put more inclusive, equitable processes in their place.
0: Um, oh, and so- I'm sure that's a big step for people. That sounds like a, Step three is like a yeah, a lot of work. Um, it's a hot, yeah, yes. and I love that term anti-oppression lens. That's um, uh, yes, yeah. That's that's a very uh, that's another podcast episode right there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, absolutely. And it's it's um, that stage is it, you know it. I think for a lot of folks who are very passionate about DEI, the they want to jump right into the structural transformation stuff. I mean, and I, I, you know, I'm guilty of that too. It's, you know, it's time to address the barriers.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately, let's, organizations- talk about it. let's call it out. Like yeah. <laughs> this is a white Not, supremacy, yes, exactly. structural racism. Yeah. yeah. Like let's say all the words, like let's do it. <laughs> yes. And, and those yeah. things
1: are, are so important because that's the point, right? That's what we mean by equitable outcomes and actually creating an environment that fosters inclusion, um, it, it, but unfortunately, organizations are made up of people, and we, you know, we want to not just reach the people who are passionate about DEI. We also want to bring the people along who are just, you know, wouldn't be invested if it wasn't wasn't part of their organization if their organization mm-hmm. wasn't talking about it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so that's why we have this model to kind of to 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 kind of build the organization to get ready for the structural changes that are mm-hmm. coming. Um, Yeah. And and of course, the goal is is actually the last stage for organizations to get to this place of sustainable growth. Um, And at this stage, it's about making sure that you continue to grow, that you keep a pulse on the conversation that's happening around the globe. um, And you continue to learn and network from other organizations, from other experts, and you keep expanding your your lens for what does inclusion mean at this organization? How do we drive equity, not just internally, but the external ecosystem that we operate in? And so um, that stage is really important to not get complacent, basically, to just continue growing.
0: Yeah, um, I love that. I love the, um, I love the stages. I like how clear it is. Um, I, I I'm wondering a little bit, like, where does accountability come in? Like, you know, at, at like, at what point do we start measuring and stuff like that? Is it during the structural transformation stage? Um, you know, or, or is that maybe the last step? Is it the first step? You know, like, I so yeah, where does accountability kind of come in, um, into your model?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And it's so important, because accountability and justice go hand in hand, that there is no we can't have equity and justice without a company culture that allows for accountability and leaderships leadership who's that you know is able to be transparent and open to being held accountable by their employees. So otherwise DEI efforts will just appear performative or optical and yeah, then that's that's not the goal. Um, so this is a this is a tricky one because when we when a lot of folks talk about accountability. Um, they think about, you know, it, it, it has a negative connotation. It's about like catching someone in a gotcha moment. Yeah. Um, so we have to be careful about it. I would say, um, of course, every organization is different. But I, I we encourage organizations to not do it too early. Um, probably more in the, the, the end of the gaining momentum stage and before, and, and definitely within the structural transformation stage. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, because we, you know, it's important to start to talk about what do inclusive behaviors mean? You know, what is our mission, our goals? What do we want to achieve in DEI before we talk about what's going to happen if you don't comply with these? Yeah. Because, And that's simply because we're operating with people's preconceived notions about what accountability is and being a little bit um, sensitive to making sure we don't introduce it too early so that we lose people who could potentially be interested in DEI, um, but just might be off, you know, just kind of, um, yeah, put off by um, being, feeling like they can't be themselves or, you know, you, we always hear this like, but then I can't make the jokes that I want to make.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like the Michael Scott, lot. like, I can't, what are we losing here? Email forwards.
1: Like. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and, yeah. and sometimes, sometimes those people need to leave the organization, but many times it's innocuous and it's, it, it's folks who just have that initial reaction. Yeah. But if you actually talk to them and reach them, they, they would understand and get
0: behind the EI. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it's tricky. It is tricky. Yeah. Um, I really like your point about, you know, we're, we're still building the culture right now and it's important to set up definitions and, um, you know, create like us a a vision of like, what are appropriate behaviors, what are inclusive behaviors, things that, and create that together. Um, I think that that's like a really good thing. Yeah. Before we start talking about accountability and, uh, you know, it's like the, as, as unfortunate as we are kind of in the beginning stages right now of understanding and learning about, okay, what do we actually need to do in order to make work environments more inclusive and equitable? Um, and yeah, so, so okay, well, thank you so much. Um, I, Yeah, thanks for explaining your model. I feel like that was really, really clear. Um, and, you know, anybody that is wanting more clarity about how to kind of create a good DEI program should definitely talk to Tu Hong. Um, and we'll definitely start talking about your, how we can reach you. But the last question that I have for you is that, you know, implementing a DEI program can seem like a monumental task. I mean, it is so much, it is about, yeah, changing the very culture and structure of, of a company. Um, and I bet a lot of DEI practitioners out there are kind of overwhelmed right now, um, and feel like they're kind of swimming uphill a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. so do you have any advice for DEI leaders right now? Um, Yeah. What, 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 what would you leave them with as kind of your last words? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: I would say prioritize, focus, and don't be afraid to, to say no. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, I think we DEI practitioners are finally in this place where the work is getting the recognition and resources that it deserves. And in that place, it can be easy to just take what you can get. Um, so don't be afraid to say, say, no, this is not, this is not for me. This is not, um, yeah, my, my yeah. worth, or I, I won't do this. Um, and then, you know, if you, if you're lucky to find an organization that is aligned to your vision and and is, you know, behind you a hundred percent on, um the, on the approach you have, then I would say, make sure to prioritize and focus, um, because it's very exciting and it feels like everything is important. <laughs> so that's kind of why we created the roadmap to begin with, because we wanted to help DEI practitioners think about what stage is my organization in, what's the unique reality and context that we operate in, and what, makes, what steps make sense at this stage of our development um, in service of the, the end goal, right? Never forgetting the the bigger picture that we want to um, be at, which is this stage of sustainable growth and really addressing systemic oppression in the organization. Um, but, you know, what are the steps
0: to get there? Amazing. Thank you so much. I'm feeling inspired. Um, I, uh, and yeah, so I want to thank you again for coming onto the show. Um, we're definitely gonna have you back on. I feel like we have so many things to talk yes. about, power and privilege. That are those are two words that are sticking with me for sure. <laughs> um, um, how can people get in touch with you, Tu Hong? Um, how can they reach out to you? Yeah, if they want to know more information.
1: Yes, so um, you can always go to our website, theacaciacompany.com. We also have LinkedIn and Instagram, so also the Acacia Company. Um, Our model is actually um, explained more in in our blogs, and we also have a blog on accountability, how to stand up and start ERGs. Um, We have a lot of great topics. Um, we, our social media is really designed to be informative and practical, so that's a great place to go if you're just looking for resources and help, uh, but of course you can reach out to us um, yeah, through our website.
0: Awesome. Thanks so much to Hong. We'll see you again very soon. Um, for anybody looking for more events, episodes, um, or anything like that, you can check us out at our website at atlanta.org. Um, until next time, bye to Hong. Thank you so much. Bye. thank you for having me.